Hello and welcome to another episode of the Lost Teams podcast. I'm your co-host, Anthony Cherdelli, here with my fellow co-host and co-creator, Andrew Lennox. Andrew, how you doing? I'm doing well. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. I'm uh, anticipating going crazy with these further restrictions, uh, lockdown restrictions, but not much you can do. Just stay right. home and stay safe, as they say. Yes, um, definitely. Try to stay safe out there. But we're going to try to entertain everyone around. <laughs> we'll uh, do our best. Around our, our, yep, around the nation who listens to us, including uh, from our favorite new country. Belgium. Yeah, we got to listen. Got, we got plenty of uh, Canadian and American listeners so far. I mean, not plenty, let's be honest. But <laughs> for some reason, we have a decent amount of Belgium listeners. So shout out to Belgium. Yeah, uh, if those are my family members who are living in Belgium for some reason, or uh, thank you very much, but shout out to Belgium. Maybe one day we'll get uh, do a lost teams on what I'm sure are one of your 47 divisions of professional soccer. So yeah, uh, um, we'll get be. that going. <laughs> There's got to be some shit show stories out of there. Oh yeah, we just have to figure out how to translate that. Bel- oh boy, I'm going to sound like an idiot on this. Belgian, I'm sure French. I know they speak French in Belgium. I'm sure they speak anybody- Farsi, don't they? No, <laughs> maybe. Maybe there's. Some- I'm sorry. Uh, cut that out. Yeah. All right. So. Oh, no, there's something Flemish. Flemish. Okay, maybe Flemish. I might. I might leave that in because that's funny. Today we're going to talk do uh, talk about uh, an NBA team, uh, one of the first NBA teams, along with the Toronto Huskies that we talked about in episode two, that really have some amazing stories, have an amazing kind of uh, impact on the NBA and on professional sports in general, and had some big names playing for them and coaching for them. So uh, we'll talk about that, and then Andrew's going to give you a little surprise at the end, which I think is going to be fun. It's going to be entertaining. All right. Uh, any any teases for that? I'll add a little comedy to the show. We'll see. Awesome. <laughs> we'll see if we'll keep using it, but I think you'll get a chuckle out of what I got. All right. So I think we're ready to kick it off. You ready to go, Andrew? I certainly am. I got my Doobie Brothers hat on, my Paul Bunyan Babe, the Blue Ox shirt on that I've probably worn for the last 10 years. I'm ready to go, man. Sounds good. Well, I'll go first. Uh, first, before I give you my team, I will give you the sources that maybe can figure it out. The first one is before the Wizards, there were the Capitals, the first, and then in quotes, flame out in NBA history by Albert Lee on the Bullets Forever SB Nation site. We've also got an article by Benedict Tegel. He's a writer for the Sacramento Kings called Earl Lloyd, the man who broke the NBA's color barrier. And then finally, an article called Earl Lloyd, NBA's First Black Player, Dies at 86, a 2015 article in the New York Times by Richard Goldstein. So uh, I'm sure you can tell <laughs> from those articles where we're going to be going with this. Uh, okay. But the team, the team I'm doing is the Washington Capitals. And no, don't get excited, hockey fans, or confused. It's not the hockey, NHL hockey's Washington Capitals. It is an early NBA team by the name of the Washington Capitals spelled C-A-P-I-T-O-L-S. So not T-A-L-S, T-O-L-S. Uh, they go with the O. Uh, that's some geography distinction. <laughs> I forget. <laughs> I, we might want to cut this out because we're going to sound very dumb. Capital yeah. versus capital. I think capital, like T-A-L is the capital of a state. Capital, yeah. T-O-L-S is like the name of the building. Um, we but, need Grammarly uh, for this. Yeah, we do need Grammarly. Sorry, sorry, listeners, we've made you all dumber, but uh, hopefully we'll make you smarter by the end of this. So the Capitals were a founding member of the Basketball Association of America, which was the precursor of the NBA, which we talked about with the Toronto Huskies. Right. Their first season was the BAA's founding season, 1946-47. They were one of 11 
founding teams in the BAA, along with the Toronto Huskies and the New York Knicks. Basically, what happened was the BAA merged with the NBL, the National Basketball League, in 1949, which created the NBA as we know it today. Uh, But the NBA considers the BAA its precursor. It's like they're basically they count the BAA's history as their history. So any records that were broken and all the firsts that happened in the BAA are considered NBA history. So that's why some of these things will be, uh, I'll talk about them. So they played in Uline Arena, which is now a shopping and housing kind of warehouse type thing. But they oh, it's did, still open. Like, yeah, they didn't the, tear it down. That's pretty they, cool. The shell of the building is still there, but they turned it into like apartments and high end sure. shopping. So you can Google what it looked like online. It's pretty interesting. Okay. Uh, like the Pipers you spoke of in an early episode, the Capitals were really, really good. But unlike the Pipers at slash Pioneers slash Condors, <laughs> Condors, they had a lot of names. Uh, the Capitals never won a title. So right. uh, that's unfortunate, but they were. You Muskies, wasn't that? Weren't yeah, that, that might have been part of the name when they went yeah. to Minnesota. Right. Um, but uh, the Washington Capitals, OLS, uh, they were really, really good. They went 49 and 11 in their first series, uh, excuse bad. me, their first season. They lost to the Chicago Stags 4 2 in the opening series of the playoffs, although they had beaten the Stags in all six games of the regular season. Uh, shout out to the Portland Stags. My buddy Steve plays professional, play, had played professional ultimate frisbee for the Portland Stags. So I don't know if they're. Wow, what position? I don't don't even know. <laughs> I'm just you. messing with you, man. Frisbee I guy, have no idea. Position. <laughs> um, but uh, the Capitals have the distinction of having a couple of the NBA's longest winning streaks. Two of the top twenty, in fact, they won 17 games in a row in 1946. That's tied for 17th all time with a bunch of different teams. Uh, and then they won 20 in a row to end the 1948, 47-48 season and start the 1948-49 season. So, so those were all regular season games. Yeah, excellent team. Wow. Yeah, that tied them for fifth all-time uh, winning streak. No kidding. And then their 15-game winning streak, which com- start, basically completed that 20-game winning streak to start the 1948-49 season. So that sounded confusing, but basically they won 15 games in a row to start the 1948-49 season. That was tied for the longest win streak of all time with the Houston Rockets in 1995. 19- oh, Rock. oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, it's okay. The 93 Houston Rockets, which like I'm sure you were going to say. Yeah, like Clyde Drexler, Hakeem Olajuwon. Yeah. Had a great team. Yeah, so it was tied for the, the longest streak all time. And then the Warriors broke it just a few years ago in 2015-16, going 24-0 and to start the season. Yeah. So now the Golden State <laughs> Warriors are the record holder, but the Washington Capitals were the co-record holder just a few just before that season. So Yeah, uh, and this team was the real deal. Yeah, they were the real deal. Unfortunately, uh, like the Washington Capitals of the NHL, up until a few years ago, they were mostly a regular season team. But uh, I'm sorry, Capitals fans, that was a ricochet shot, and I know you guys won the Cup. I'm happy for you. Uh, so you, you can't be called a regular season team anymore. But the no. Washington Capitals of the NBA were certainly a regular season team. So the reason that they were so good uh, is because they had a legendary coach who would become a legend actually coaching for another team, probably the most or second most legendary coach behind Phil Jackson. Can you guess who it was? Well, since he took Phil Jackson out of the equation and Phil obviously wasn't alive during that time, at least I don't think. I'm not sure how old Phil Jackson is, but I'm going to say Red Auerbach, the legendary Red 
hour wow, back. Wow, that you uh, you nailed it. Actually, good guess. Nice. Uh, so, yep, Red Auerbach was the first coach of the Washington Capitals, uh, which, like I said, is probably why they were so good. He went on, of course, as probably all of you know, to coach the Celtics uh, from nineteen. 19- 50 to 1966 where he won nine NBA titles. So just amazing. Yeah. You can thank Bill Russell for that too, but, uh, right. Pretty amazing. So yeah, he coached. Bill, the, sorry. Go. No, it's okay. He coached the Capitals before that. Um, but the Capitals also have another very important distinction, a uh, thing they did in history. Uh, they had the player who broke the NBA's color barrier. His name was Earl Lloyd. He broke the NBA's color barrier Halloween night, October 31st of 1950 against the Rochester Royals, who are now, they kind of snaked around, they moved around a bunch and eventually became what we know now as the Sacramento Kings. So Interesting that uh, Earl Lloyd um, broke the color barrier. Um, we, we don't hear a lot about uh, the NBA color, uh, color barrier um, coming into play. Um, we do, you know, I always hear about, well, I follow hockey the most, but, you know, the great uh, Willie O'Ree uh, mm-hmm. breaking the color barrier in the NHL, and then obviously Jackie Robinson in Major League Baseball. Yeah, I mean, you take for granted leagues like the NBA and the NFL who are uh, primarily like African-American players in that league. So at some point, someone had to broke the co- break the color barrier. Lloyd broke the color barrier October 31st, 1950. Uh, a little about Lloyd. He was from Alexandria, Virginia. He was okay. six. He was six foot five, which not, I mean, tall, but not tall enough. I mean, he's like a what point guard height or small. Right. He's, These he days. wasn't, yeah, he wasn't towering. What, um, what position did he play? He was small forward. Okay. So his nicknames were the moon fixer again, okay. because he was so t- tall and then the big cat, which makes me laugh because of uh, old school. Yeah. And uh, the great Andres Galarraga, that was his nickname, the big cat. Yes. But uh, Earl Lloyd had it first. And then Earl Lloyd's final nickname that makes me laugh even more is the squirrel. And I don't know where that came from. Maybe he was a defensive specialist, they say. So maybe he was squirreling away basketballs like squirrel squirrel away nuts that sounds like a nice 50s <laughs> late 40s acorns. yeah like like a night late <laughs> 40s early 50s newsreel of like you just hear like the newsreel rattling through the little the projector and it's like just oh, Lloyd, the first african-american basketball player <laughs> yeah. they call him the squirrel because he squirrels away basketballs like squirrel squirrel away nuts like ugh. he's just stuffing dudes left and right about yeah it's just i'm sorry everyone that had to hear that but uh continuing on <laughs> <laughs> Where'd that voice come from? Oh, I, I've watched way too many old, just kidding. I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> so he played his college basketball for West Virginia State University mm. at WVSU. He went 30-0 and one season with his no team. Kidding. He was drafted in the ninth round with a hundredth pick by the Capitals. Ninth um, round? NBA yeah. has like two rounds now. Yeah, apparently they, I mean, they only had 11 teams, so they must have just, I don't want to do the math in my head, but. I, yeah, I wonder <laughs> how many players were actually on the ros- rosters back then. Who knows? Oh, nine rounds? Yeah. While his breaking of the color barrier did mark a historical moment, he described it as ordinary in an interview years later. Um, and I'm taking this from, I believe it was a NBA, uh, New York Times article that I referenced before. Um right. That's what the that was what the Times article said to introduce the quote. Um, it said, "quote Rochester was a sleepy upstate town where schools were integrated and they were used to seeing blacks and whites playing together." Lloyd told Jack Saylor of the Detroit Free Press on the 50th anniversary of the game. The game was totally unequivocally uneventful, except for the date, October 31st. Maybe they thought it was a goblin or something, which made me laugh. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was, uh, he apparently didn't hear anything racist, have any sort of racist taunts towards him on that occasion. Uh-huh. Uh, he will talk about some of the racism mm-hmm. I'll get to later that he experienced in the NBA. But um, two other black players, Chuck Cooper and Sweetwater Clifton, also made their deb- debuts for other teams, but they were right after Lloyd. Uh, yeah, because, Sweetwater seems like a common name in basketball. Nickname, yeah, I should say. It, it's a cool nickname. I like oh, it. Oh, for but, sure. Um, but uh, since Lloyd's Capitals were, their uh, season debut came before Sweetwater Clifton and Chuck Cooper's teams, Lloyd gets the distinction of breaking the color barrier, but they came right after him. More than, And that happened more than three years after Jackie Robinson broke Major League Baseball's color barrier and about a decade before Willie O'Ree broke the NHL's color barrier and then four years after the NFL's color barrier was broken. So uh, um, He deserves a movie. Yeah, like, he does. Where's the movie? Yeah, I, there should be Maybe one. Maybe there has been one, but I've <laughs> never heard of it. We're not exactly basketball historians. So. Sure, right. Um, but, I mean, he was a very classy guy. He certainly deserves a movie made after him because he, he really – made a lot of his life. I mean, he was, a, I think, a role model many people can aspire to if you do read up about him. Mm-hmm. Um, he did face racism when he went to other cities. He told the Syracuse Herald American in 1992, the fans in Indianapolis, they'd yell stuff like, go back to Africa. That's that's just terrible. Yeah. But then he said, and this is awesome. I think we've heard this before. Uh, I don't remember if it was from Jackie Robinson or Hank Aaron or Michael Jordan even. But uh, he said, my philosophy was this. If they weren't calling you names, you weren't doing nothing. If they were calling you names, you were hurting them. So, I mean, what a competitor's way of thinking about it. And just right. a, and all those guys were, you know, at the top of their sports. So yeah, and Lloyd uh, in his career averaged just over six points per game, and as many as ten points per game, uh, six points per game in that season, and as many as ten points per game in his NBA career. Uh, he also the old became, school Dennis Rodman. I wonder how many rebounds this guy used to get. Yeah, I'm sure he didn't color his hair like Rodman did. That right. wouldn't have gone over so well. Lloyd was also the first black player to win an NBA championship when he won in 1955 with the Syracuse Nationals. He was known so like, impressive and cool. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, he was known as a defensive defensive specialist. Uh, he was even assigned to guard what many call the first NBA star, six foot ten George Mikan. So George Mike and we mentioned him in a previous episode. Yeah, didn't he like own the Minneapolis Lakers? Yeah, wasn't he an owner in the ABA later on or something he was like the that? Commissioner. Oh yeah, there we go. Lloyd was inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame. He also became the first African American assistant coach with the Pistons in 1968 and the second African American head coach when he took over the Pistons in 1971. After he retired from basketball, he worked in the Detroit public school system and ran programs for underprivileged kids, teaching them job skills. So really uh, uh, a stand-up, amazing life. Completely. Just sounded like a class act. Yeah. He died, unfortunately, February 26, 2015. So just a few years ago. Too long ago. Nope. Um, But I'll get to the demise of the team now. The Capitals folded pretty quickly after Lloyd's debut. Not even a full season after Lloyd made his debut. Uh, and I think it was really only around nine games or excuse me, 35 games, but I think Lloyd only played in nine um, with a record of 10 and 25. The Capitals folded mid season on January 9th. They tried to play the next season in the American basketball league, which was another league competitor league that maybe we'll get to a couple teams in the future. Sure. Uh, they folded the next season in the ABL uh, in January as well. So tried to make a comeback, but couldn't. And then, 
I couldn't do it. So they leave that legacy though in the NBA. They did have uh, three Hall of Famers. They had they had three Hall of Famers overall. In addition to Lloyd and Red Auerbach, they also had guard Bill Sharman, who played for them in their final season. He actually passed away in 2013, just down the road from where we're recording this uh, in Redondo Beach. He played for, and this is one of those guys like we talked about, multi-sport athletes that were so common back then. Um, He played basketball for University of Southern California. He also won a college world series with USC in baseball. So he's he's like the modern day uh, Deion Sanders, Bo Jackson, guys like that. Yeah, incredible. And he, he was drafted by the Jim Capitals. I should, we should mention him. He's yeah, not Jim, modern day, but... I mean, but yeah, he was the OG multi-sport yeah, athlete. The OG. Uh, after he was drafted by the Capitals, uh, they folded that later that season. He ended up playing for the Celtics, where he spent a full decade. He played in eight All-Star games and won four NBA titles. He guided the Lakers, interesting, the rival of the Celtics, so their first title in Los Angeles. What is one yeah, and he's one of only four people to go into the Hall of Fame as both a player and a coach, joining John Wooden, Lenny Wilkins, and Tommy Heinsohn. So, yeah. <laughs> Quite he's an like, illustrious list right there. Yeah, I mean, he's one of those guys, like I said, sorry basketball fans that I haven't really heard much of, but, I mean, if there was a, kind of a, 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 we'll call him Mount Rushmore of NBA accomplishments, like that's that's pretty good right there. Like Jordan if Lenny Wilkins is still alive. Like you that's don't a good ever question. hear anything about him yeah anymore uh, i think he you know what i looked him up i think he is still alive let's see lenny wilkins lenny wilkins is still alive good good yep um he is age 83 yeah i was guessing uh, he was up there yeah i mean that's gonna do it for the washington capitals how uh how let's get this thing going let's uh Let's do our surprise. <laughs> right. So we got something a little bit different going on today that was inspired by, uh, I don't know if it was a player or a owner in a previous episode. Um, have no idea what his last name was, but we had a chuckle about it. Um, Lud. Um, Lud Ray. Lud was his first name. Was it Lud Ray? <laughs> yeah, Lud Ray. <laughs> So we were wondering if it was short for Ludley or anything like that. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> Ludley. Ah, Ludley. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, to be honest, as we talked about in the, the – I don't even remember what episode it was, but um, we don't know any Ludleys or come across <laughs> one in our lives. So No, not even a Dudley. I don't even know a Dudley besides the Harry Potter Dudley. There's Dudleys around, though. I mean, I don't know one, but <laughs> uh, it's more of a last name, I guess, right? Anyways, um, so I decided to just, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I did some research on online, Googled some things, and um, actually, I, sh- I should give credit to myself, our illustrious <laughs> research team. Uh, all research is done from a couch. <laughs> We're looking at our team. <laughs> but uh, anyways getting back, got off topic there. But, um, so I wanted to find some basically funny names, unique names and playing just ridiculous, um, retired players, sports names from, um, actually baseball this time. Um, baseball seems to have the funniest names of any sport throughout history too. They still have funny names, right? So with being so many ridiculous names, I narrowed it down a little bit. So I'm going to begin with professional baseball players, um, ridiculous names from the 1870s. Go for it. 
Yes, and I I only I didn't go in any particular order because um, I just did the top five players I found because um, the the following names could be a, a number one on any top five list for baseball players. <laughs> not possibly not, but they'd definitely be up there. Most of these players had different birth names, but they were changed either from when their family immigrated to the U.S. or um, they just decided to go with their nicknames as an adult. So the first name that I found unique and funny was uh, the Count, or I shouldn't say the Count. It was Count Sensendorfer. Ah, Count. (laughs) Yeah, let's say that again. Count Sensendorfer. Um, His birth name was John Phillips Jenkins Sensendorfer. What a name to say. Yeah. Uh, the, The Count was actually born in 1847 in Philadelphia. What side of the plate he hit from is unknown. Um, We also have no idea if he was left-handed or a right-handed throwing player. I don't know how baseball historians couldn't figure out if he was left-handed or right-handed, but they were able to figure out that he was 5'9", 170 pounds. Dave Eckstein size. Well, I mean, 5'9", 170 is pretty average these days. Um, Yeah. But I got some, as we go further into this, yeah, I'll go back into that. So the count, for some unknown reason, only played in 51 games through uh, four seasons from the age 23 to 26. He played in the National Association for the Philadelphia Athletics. His career batting average was actually pretty good, uh, 299. Um, He had the big O for home runs, zero, and 34 RBIs. the count was given his nickname because of his mustache, and I looked like I looked up a picture of him. Believe it or not, there are pictures of this guy <laughs> uh, being so long ago. Um, it looked like a caterpillar on his on his lip. <laughs> yeah, creepy. <laughs> yeah. So um, after his career, he was involved in politics. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> interesting. I've never heard a player be nicknamed the Count, a professional <laughs> athlete. Anyways, uh, moving on to our next one, uh, birth name, William Arthur Cummings. Very normal name would be normal today. For some reason, he was called Candy Cummings. <laughs> That's got to be disgusting. Uh, unless I don't want to ruin the description there. Do you have the reason why he was named Candy Cummings or no? Well, apparently in those days, if you were really good at your profession, you would sometimes get called Candy as a nickname. That's That makes sense. Like... I can imagine, like, ah, see, come here, Candy. It's the Candy Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I don't know. That name, I didn't want to Google that name uh, because who knows what's going to pop I mean, yeah, you might be finding some adult films with that name. I'm sure there is an adult there, There's got to be someone named that yeah. in the adult industry. A female, most likely. <laughs> Mr. Cummings was actually a right-handed pitcher and an outfielder, so he was 5'9". Apparently the teams that he plays for weren't providing any pregame meals as he only weighed 120 pounds. <laughs> this is like the team from the mines or something like that. Like, they're yeah, just... like I don't even know how this dude was alive. Well, maybe, I mean, so, I don't know what the average height was for humans at that 150 years ago, but uh, maybe that has something to do with it. But 120 pounds. Yeah. It's super at light. Five, nine? Maybe he had tuberculosis. Who knows? But so 
he he's actually from uh, he got me there uh he hails from not making fun of anyone that has tuberculosis yeah. that was funny uh he hails from where massachusetts you may know where that is i have no idea anyways uh cummings actually had a pretty solid career as a pitcher um with a record of 145 wins 94 losses and then he had an era of 2.42 he struggled at the plate though once again zero home runs uh, he had a 170 RBI or 107 RBIs and a career batting average of uh, 213 in six years. Got hit, got hit by a pitcher, walked 107 times with the bases loaded, probably. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> he only stole three bases. So obviously, his weighing 120 pounds really didn't make him swift feet. How swift is he on his any good at, at baseball? That's like, <laughs> that's just brutal. You, th- you would think this guy would fly down the base path being only 120 pounds. Yeah, the wind would blow him. Right. Uh, so Cummings played for the New York Mutual, the the Baltimore Canaries, the Philadelphia Whites, the Hart, Hartford Dark Blues, and the Cincinnati Reds. Great names. Cummings was actually, this is pretty impressive, actually. Cummings is credit with, credited with inventing the curveball, and then um, he was inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame in 1939. So pretty impressive being able to, I wonder how he came up with even trying to throw a curveball. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, maybe it's like, cause they were filing the ball and stuff like that. And he's like, maybe I could just throw it like this and it'll do something. I wonder what the velocity of these, this guy's fastball was being 120 pounds. Yeah, probably not good. <laughs> they, they didn't have any radar guns back then. So unfortunately we don't know that. So yeah, so that's Candy Cummings. Again, don't look that up on Google. Moving on from Candy Cummings, we have a very unique nickname here. I don't even know if it's funny, but it's extremely unique. We'll go with his birth name first. It was Edward Sylvester Nolan. Uh, His nickname was The Only Nolan. That is... Uh, this is going to be a weird name, almost kind of depressing, too. Yeah, it's going to be dark, but maybe he was the only one of his siblings to make it, like, to survive. Yeah, from my research, I didn't say anything about that. Related to, he had like four or five brothers and sisters. So Okay. Yeah, anyways, he was born in Trenton, Ontario, Canada. As I mentioned, his brothers and sisters looked like they were born in the U.S., so he must have moved to uh, the United States at some point. Um, I'm not sure. We've talked about this earlier. I'm not sure if any of these guys that played back then were six feet tall. Uh, because the only was 5'8", 171 pounds. Uh, Maybe that's why. He's only. Well, but we were talking about, yeah, we talked about average heights before. The uh, the average height in England at that time was 5'7", five, five, Okay. Think? So these guys were giants. 5'5", five, 5'5", five. Five, five for, for a male, which is like ridiculous. Candy Cummings must have just towered over dudes. Yeah. <laughs> but see-through because he's so skinny. <laughs> right. Uh, so going back to the only, the only was actually uh, outfielder and third baseman. Um, and then as a pit, he also pitched. The only had a record of 23 wins and 52 losses with an ERA of 2.98. Legit. Uh, yeah. So pretty, pretty okay, okay pitcher, I guess. Right. Not, not mm-hmm. great. Good ERA. Right. We'll get yeah. to that. Yep. So the only only had 35 RBIs in five years at the plate and had a career batting average of 240 
And once again, another player with zero home runs. So these guys had no power whatsoever. Um, they must have just tried to beat out ground balls, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. So Mr. Nolan started his career with the Indianapolis Blues and finished his career with the Philadelphia Quakers. Uh, there are mo- many folk tales on where the only nickname came from, but never, but none have ever been proven. Interesting. Yeah. So the only Nolan. Not much about him, but uh, well, quite a nickname. All right, moving on to the, the next player. We had, you know, he was born, his birth name was actually Lipman Pike, but he shortened it up to Lip, so just Lip Pike. Pike was actually known as the Iron Batter also. So hmm. um, he had a couple nicknames he went by. Lip was born in New York City, once again, only 5'8". <laughs> Uh, compared to these other guys that I talked about before, Pike actually had a really great career. Um, he had 21 home runs and 330 RBIs. Um, wow. 21 home runs must have been just monumental at that time. Yeah. Uh, so he had a lifetime batting average of 322. He was he was so fast that he once raced a horse. Yeah, and I wish, lost. <laughs> I wish we could have that televised. I'd probably pay. <laughs> watch it on pay-per-view it would have been better than watching uh, what we experienced this past weekend with Tyson <laughs> yeah and, just uh, imagine the old timey and the race is about to begin and the human being has fallen behind and he's lost <laughs> just no yeah, but, but it was a photo finish yeah least. a wide angle lens fisheye lens <laughs> anyways that was ridiculous but let's get back to lip pike uh, Pike had a 10-year career playing for the Troy Haymakers, who he also served as the co-manager of the team, the Baltimore Canaries, the Hartford Dark Blues, the Saint, and then a new one, the St. Louis Brown Stockings. Hmm. Yep, and uh, just to add a few more teams to his resume, he also played for the Cincinnati Reds. So, yeah, so Lip retired in 1878, but he came out of retirement in 1881 to play only five games for the Worcester. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. Ruby Legs. Ugh, what are the Ruby Legs. That's just weird. That's creepy and weird. Like, yeah, to, I, I what is what that? The, Backstory is we might have to do another pod on the rooster. It's probably Lister, racist. Ruber, Ruber it's probably Lash. it's probably some horrible racist or yes, not PC. <laughs> we'll, we'll avoid the ruby legs. Anyways, uh, he only played five games, calling it quits on his career. Career once again, um, there was actually some controversy because he was basically black, blackballed from the um, National League because his play was so bad that's brutal yeah and uh he once again came out of retirement um the ban was he was no longer banished i guess and he played for the new york metropolitans in 1887 of course uh, six years later which, which is crazy and then of course the team named so the mets would hire would sign someone who sucked Right. And he only, I think he played five games once again. All right. So, yeah. So that is my man, Lip Lipman Pike. Interesting. And then final, final guy, final player here. Going through all these generations of crazy nicknames, there's always a dick on the list. <laughs> so, uh, this name is hilarious, actually. Um, so he, this player's um, birth name was Richard N. Hunt. Oh, boy. I see where this is going. 
Yeah. So, and then nickname, Dick Hunt. <laughs> and everybody in the stadium left. Yeah. And once again, do not Google Dick Hunt at work. Don't say it. Don't Google it. And definitely don't say it really quickly. Right. Could, man, back in the day, like jerky boys, this would be the ideal name to use on prank calls. <laughs> you probably don't know who jerky boys are. I do. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. right. You kicked my uh, dog. So, being a youngster, I should say. <laughs> At three, uh, I'm like four years younger than you, maybe. Three. Yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe we should do the math. I think I lied to you on my age. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so Dick Hunt was a right fielder and second baseman who was born in New York. Unfortunately, he had a tough career and only played 11 games for the Brooklyn Eckfords Oof. of the National Association. He was 5'9". Again. Towering. I mean, over I all, he was towering. Towering over all the 5'5 five, five guys. Right, right. And weighed 145 pounds. These guys just, I think I'm getting thrown off by like the weight. They're all wiry. They're all wiry for working in the mines in the off season. Well, and they also didn't have, didn't have the complete mess of uh, processed foods and chips mm-hmm. and all that shit. That we have. They just did. They just smoked cigarettes and drank whiskey. That's how they survived. Yeah. And just, yeah, they just drank excessively probably. Anyways. Um, like I said, um, he didn't have the best career, so I'm not sure what happened. But he did go had 15 hits at 46 at bats, which is pretty good. Yeah, and he was the first in a long line of sports dicks, including Dick Pound, the Canadian swimming, <laughs> the Canadian swimming legend, and IOC I like how you, member. Uh, said that that was perfect. And Dick Hammer, uh, Sam Darnold's grandfather, and the first Marlboro man. So many sports dicks in the world. And don't forget the great Dick Pole. Dick Pole, there you go. Yeah, Dick Pole. Who else did Dick Button? Dick Buttkiss. Dick Buttkiss. That's a good one. Let's just let's get let's get back into third grade. <laughs> and you know what's so crazy about the name Dick? Why why is that short for Richard? Who who decided that? Uh, I don't know, but my favorite, actually, my favorite reverse of that. I heard a, my one of my favorite sports radio guys is when you call someone who's a a, a dickhead so to speak, a Richard. That's just my favorite. <laughs> That's classic. <laughs> Anyways, to wrap this up, uh, my references for these ridiculous, unique, and funny names were from the baseball-almanac.com, retro sheet, baseball-reference.com. And then I, this guy put a hilarious uh, subreddit together on Reddit. Um, his name is Thomas underscore pizza. Um, and he posted in the uh, subreddit in the baseball subreddit. And um, <laughs> this guy spent a lot of time on it. So I want to give him credit. Um, his subreddit was called the coolest, weirdest and funniest names in major league history. Nice. There you go. Well, uh, I think that'll do it. Anything else you want to add? I got nothing else to add. Um, the last segment, we may try to do it again, maybe mix it up with another sport or another generation even, another yeah. century. Let us know if you like it. We're, we'd love to do things that will uh, help us gain listeners. And on that note, if you do like this podcast, please give us a five-star rating. Leave us a review on whatever podcast uh, app you listen to. Send us some DMs on Twitter. My Twitter is at Deli Tweets. That's D-E-L-L-I-T-W-E-E-T-S. Uh, Andrew, what's yours? Uh, mine is at 
at A-W-L-E-N-N-A-W-L-N. So DM us, give us some feedback. Let us know whether you like the pod, whether you don't like the pod. Like, give us some names that we can uh, put in this next next time we do this segment. But uh, yeah, thanks a lot. Everyone stay safe. Don't catch coronavirus. And uh, <laughs> sorry. Sorry for anybody who's hurt by that. Uh, yeah, have a good one. Yes, have a great one, guys. Thank you.